Welcome to Tell of His Goodness. Paige Mitchell, welcome to Tell of His Goodness. <laughs> so happy to be here. Thanks, Carrie. <laughs> we, we are going <clears> to <throat> have to really control ourselves because mm-hmm. Paige and I go way back mm-hmm. to the days of single gal sleepovers. <laughs> And I was just telling somebody about that today. Man, we had some good times. Good times. So sweet. And it was yes. so sweet because we were both really growing in the Lord in some, mm-hmm. not necessarily our, our first years of walking with Christ, because I came to know Christ in high school and we met um, after college, mm-hmm. but some really significant points in our life, especially leading up yes. to marriage and children. And yes, yes. Amazing. Yes. The Lord has had us on the same timeline. <laughs> yes, that's been so sweet. So, so for sweet. those of you who don't know Paige, <laughs> tell us a little bit about yourself, where you live, what you do on the day to day. Okay, great. Thank you, Carrie, for letting me share this yes. with you. I'm thankful. I'm so thankful. Um, yes, I'm Paige Mitchell. I am married to my most sweetest husband, Andrew Mitchell. Who we all call A-Train. His A train, and that can get so confusing. But yes, I, his wife, and others call him A train. <laughs> choo choo. <laughs> um, so uh, we have three kids, and we have a Micah who's almost seven, a Hayes who just turned five, and a Ruby who is one and a half. They're all three such a joy. We live in Clinton, Mississippi, and we love it. We love Clinton so much. And I am a stay at home mom. And have just begun our homeschooling journey with our older two boys. So it's really fun. That's pretty much what I do day to day. And I love it. Wonderful. Yes. <laughs> and our precious husband yeah. comes home on lunch break. And they eat lunch oh with my the family. Goodness. They live on this little lake. That's so true. Yeah, give the details, Carrie. Give the good details. It's a sweet yes. life. <laughs> it's a sweet life. <laughs> Praise the Lord. It is a sweet life. We really do at times sit at the lunch table and we're like, the fact we get to do this is such Mm -hmm. a gift. And we're looking out at our beautiful little view and it's yeah. One of our greatest joys. It is such a sweet season of life. Mm -hmm. I feel like with Mm -hmm. our families and where God has us and Mm -hmm. you know, okay. This morning I've been asked, I'm a K4 assistant for those of you who don't know. And our, our sweet music teacher had to quit right before Christmas. And I've been asked to leave the K4 music program alongside another assistant. (laughs) And I love to open up my glasses with a verse. And today's verse was Psalm 105 to sing to him, sing praises to him, tell of all his wondrous works. Mm -hmm. And it's really sweet to look at a group of four and five year olds and say, Hey, this is why we sing. We get a chance to tell of his wondrous Mm -hmm. works. And then here I am hours later in the storage room with my sister in Christ. (laughs) You so to do the sweet. same thing. I'm giving you the chance to tell of all his wondrous works. And Amen. so let's just start Amen. from kind of how you grew up. What was it like for you growing up in a church or were you unchurched? Mm-hmm. Just what was your upbringing like? Yes, I was born and raised in Jackson, Mississippi, or that area, and have two the sweetest parents, mom and dad, brother, who and a brother who is four and a half years younger than me. My parents were so faithful to take us to church and Sunday mornings and Sunday nights and Wednesday nights and 
and we were heavily involved in the youth groups mm-hmm. and the choir tours and all those good things. So I'm so thankful for that. And that plays a big part in my testimony of just the gift that it is that my parents cared mm-hmm. and wanted me to know the Lord and made like great efforts and sacrifices to take us to church whenever the doors were open. So I'm so thankful for that because the Lord used it. And I think of Timothy, like in his life, he was acquainted with the scriptures from a young age and the Lord bore the fruit of salvation from it, you know, Mm -hmm. (laughs) which now being for you being a parent, you can really see the sacrifices Mm -hmm. they were making of getting you guys ready, packing the bags. Yes. Yeah. It's been a long day at school or work and yet we're still headed on Wednesday night. We're going on Wednesday night. That's Mm -hmm. right. That's, that's, that's right. And a so, joy, but a sacrifice. Exactly. So I'm forever thankful. I was not saved until later in life, but I'm forever thankful to them for caring for me in that way. So sweet. I love that. And you stayed in Jackson all the way up till you headed off to college, correct? Mm-hmm. Yes. yes. What, what were your high school days like <laughs> oh in, in regards to your spiritual walk? Yes, How did you view yes. yourself? Mm-hmm. As a Christian, were you trying to live for the Lord? Were you kind of unaware? What did that look like? Mm-hmm. Okay, that those are great questions. I mean, I was raised in church, obviously heavily involved, like I already said. And I was taught really moral things that were really godly things. I did not have the heart or eyes to see, to see Christ in those things or to see that like it wasn't based on my works that righteousness cannot come from the law. Like I did not see that Mm -hmm. at the time, but I was taught these good and godly moral things, you know, and I had great friends. I mean, obviously I already said I had a great family. Mm -hmm. And so the Lord was really kind to provide those things for me. And in going to church, I would hear the gospel, but I couldn't understand why Christ died for me Mm. personally. And, you know, it was always said, like, Christ died on the cross for your sins. But I, I could not see my sin. I I was blinded by it. And there's a song that says, I was blinded by my sin. I had no ears to hear your voice. Mm-hmm. And that was just so true about my life. And it was not intentional. Like, it was just, a, it was truly an oblivion. Would you say you would see it in other people? Like you could yes. say, oh man, uh, yes, that guy over there for sure. Thank goodness for the cross for him. It it, it was, it really was, you know, um, in Luke 18, it's Luke 18, 10 through 14. I feel like this is the perfect description of me growing up, but it was the Pharisee praying to God saying, God, I thank you that I'm not like other men, extortioners, unjust, adulterers, or even like this tax collector. And then he goes on naming his own works. Mm-hmm. Like I fast a certain amount of times a day. Like I do all these things. And so that was me. I mean, I honored the Lord with my lips, but my heart was really far from him. Mm-hmm. And I really was, I was a good kid. Like I was really nice. You know, I loved being involved in all the things, loved mm-hmm. people, was happy, you know, like it seemed like life was really good. Like mm-hmm. life was good. And I thought I was good too, but we would be at youth group camps or like church camped in the summer and the spirit would be convicting people of their sin. And I would, I would really be confused 
and uh, like people would be convicted and desired to be saved and all these things. And I was over here just trying to understand what I could possibly need to be saved from. Wow. Would you have said that or are you just some felt it in there deep inside? You know, I think like looking back, I can see a lot more clearly than obviously I could at that time of like what yeah. was going on. So I really wasn't like I I didn't think anything was wrong. You know, right. I was like, I'm, just, I'm a good person. And so that's what I thought Christianity was. I just mm-hmm. thought Christianity was you do good you're nice to people and therefore you're a good Christian. Mm. You know, there clearly was a misunderstanding of sin. I thought sin was like murder. Mm. You know, I thought sin was like very extravagant things, like obvious rebellion against the Lord. And I just had zero concept for the hidden sins of the heart, which Jesus is, is talking about in the Sermon on the Mount, you know, when he talks about, murder but if you've been angry with your brother then you are you're liable for the same judgment Mm -hmm. so he equates murder and anger in your heart as the same thing and then you think about like looking at somebody else with lustful and like lustful thoughts it's thinking about like the looking like it may not be lust but like thinking in your heart you are better than someone else Mm -hmm. I was puffed up with pride and didn't know it you know I had these hidden sins of the heart that just I I had no eyes to see yet so then uh, I think another thing too is not just a misunderstanding of sin but also not a correct understanding of the holiness of God Mm-hmm. because if I were to, like, if my life was laid down bare before a holy God, I mean, I couldn't stand, mm-hmm. you know, and all that my good deeds would show for would be filthy rags. Mm-hmm. And I, so I couldn't see my sin. And I obviously had a great misunderstanding of the holiness of God if I thought that I was a good enough person. Mm-hmm. So that was the state of my thought process growing up just like I said, was just to be nice and to do good. And that's what I thought was Mm -hmm. a good Christian. Then you head off to Ole Miss, correct? Uh Uh-huh. Yes. I enjoyed that time so much. And again, involved in all the things, like had so many friends. It was such, it was a really enjoyable two years. And uh, like, you know, again, I wasn't outwardly uh, partaking in a lot of the college things, you know, that people could be tempted to walk in, but I was still around it all. And I was, I thought that I was a better person because I wasn't doing those things. Yeah. That self-righteousness yes. was growing more and more. Yes, it was. It really was. And I think of like Philippians 3, 9, it says, and be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which comes through faith in Christ, the righteousness from God that depends on faith. And mm-hmm. so I was there's a, there's a type of righteousness called self-righteousness, which we'd have already named. And I was banking money on that and thinking mm-hmm. that that was um, Christianity, that that was being a Christ follower. Yeah, mm-hmm. I was so deceived and I was guilty and I was condemned and the wrath of God, it, it abided on me and I had no idea you know, so the mercy mm-hmm. of God is so great towards me in my life because as we continue this conversation, he reveals himself to me and he, uh, 
and he yes, reveals he reveals myself to me as well um yes. which is such a mercy so patient with me as I thought I was just doing so good in this life yes I mean when you when you mentioned just banking on your self-righteousness and imagining that you would have been able to stand before a holy mm. God who created heaven and earth who's perfect in all his ways mm-hmm and say, look at my good work. Look at what I've mm-hmm. done. For you, Lord, as though you needed me. <laughs> it's so it's so Yet how many mm-hmm. of us for years, that was our mindset, our state. Mm-hmm. We truly were. Yeah, we were. I was truly blinded. I was truly blinded. Mm-hmm. But anyways, yeah. So that was your two mm-hmm. years at Ole Miss. That was two Miss. years at Ole Miss. And this is. Enjoyable. Still deceived. That, that's right. That's right. And so this this is a pivoting moment a very providential moment is uh apply for nursing school and i get into nursing school but my plan is to stay in oxford to stay at Ole miss for the next two years and do the nursing program up there but the lord mm-hmm. in his providence and in his mercy towards me allowed for me to get into nursing school in Jackson. So I come back home after two years at Ole Miss, I come back home. So God brings my social self back to Jackson. <laughs> How did you feel about that at the time? At the time, I, I was super sad. It was just not the plan, you know, and then the rest of right. my friends were continuing on in their four-year degrees. And I was like, well, this is, this is interesting. Like, I, I mean, it was my only option. And so of course, that's the way I was going to go. But I definitely wasn't like, this is the kindness of the Lord towards me. It just seemed like my plans were a little wrecked. You know? Yes. <laughs> but soon enough, he shows me his wonderful plan for my life. And I'm very, very grateful. So yeah, I come back to Jackson and and I have the sweetest nursing class. Okay. And there's still some sweet friends of mine today. And so the Lord really blessed us with a class that loved each other and clicked. So I was really grateful once we got into nursing school and started things that I was able to be with those people. But uh, because church is what I grew up doing and what I knew Mm -hmm. to be right, I started going to church back in Jackson, but it was not my home church. I started going with these friends from nursing school to another church. And got really involved there. I remember going to the members meeting because one of my other friends was going. But where my mind was, was I can't wait to see what ministry opportunities there are. And I get this. They give you a list of things that you might be interested in. And I'm just checking them, like going down the list. Can't wait yes. to get involved. Okay. <laughs> because that's just what I thought that that church was and the Christian life was yeah as though God needed me like we said but God is not served Mm -hmm. by human hands as though he needed anything so I actually start meeting with a lady there and she uh, walks me through the book of James and the book of John and uh, so I'm in I really am enjoying that and I'm learning a lot about the Bible and about Jesus through these books but then the unthinkable happens in personally in my life is that I was, I was just doing the next thing by doing nursing school. And I was very undisciplined when it came to school 
and I was more there for the social life and hanging out with friends and stuff. And I ended up failing out after one year of nursing oh, school, man. I ended up failing out. And for my life, that was a huge turning point because nothing like this had ever happened in my life. You know, like yeah. you, things had always gone pretty well. You'd done pretty yes, well. Great life. And all of that by God's grace and not even knowing, you know, but, um, mm-hmm. but also God's grace is, um, is he allowed for me to be humbled? And that's what I needed ultimately, because God gives grace to the humble. He opposes the proud and he gives grace to the humble. And mm-hmm. I was humiliated to say the least to fail out of nursing school and um, to not really know what I'm going to do next, like where this journey is going to go. And, but something that is really sweet that I did not know then, but that I know now is to not despise the discipline of the Lord, because even Mm -hmm. though it is really painful, it is loving and it is good and it produces peaceable fruit. And in my case, it, it led to salvation. And so Mm -hmm. I'm so thankful for the discipline of the Lord. So God allowed for me to fail out of nursing school, which then led to me having a semester off of school. So I didn't work that semester either. So I just had time on my hands, wow. which is, is so great. It's so great. And the Lord had already allowed for me to be heavily involved in the church that I was going to and meeting with this lady. Yes, And so Strangely, some of my free time was really starting to be spent reading, (laughs) reading God's word. And over that semester, like, couldn't get enough of it. Like I was being taught it Mm, by this lady and it was so, it was so sweet. And then had all this extra time on my hands. And so I am in a state of humility that the Lord had just put me through by failing to nursing school. And now I have a lot of free time and I'm, and he has me in his word. And so I'm seeing, this is where it gets so sweet because God's word is alive and it's powerful and it, it penetrates Mm -hmm. and it discerns our thoughts and intents of our heart. And that's exactly what his spirit through his word did. So I'm reading verses like first John one, eight through 10 or eight and 10, it says, if we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. And then verse 10 says, if we say we have not sinned, we make him a liar and his word is not in us. And so am I going to believe God's word? Am I going to believe God at his word? And then you read Romans three twenty three for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And then, and so specifically in this time, God shows me first John saying that if I say I don't have sin, I make him a liar. And then also Romans 3, 10 and 12, it says, no one is righteous. No, not one. Mm -hmm. No one does good. Not even one. And so that is clear. That's as clear as clear gets. He's saying, I'm not good and I'm making him a liar. And so what the Lord did was he showed me that I am the liar. I am the sinner. And I was like, I was so broken over that, 
in in my humility, I was able to finally receive the truth. So I don't think that Mm. it had been that I hadn't heard it. I'd heard that Christ had died for my sins, but it was now that God showed me showed me my sin and allowed for Mm -hmm. me to see it and to see it up against his holiness. And so Mm -hmm. I'm now in a place of, of really seeing that I, I am in need of a savior personally. Um, and that Christ took my place. It's very encouraging for me to hear the power of God's word and convicting you of sin Mm -hmm. when so often we can feel like people need to really mess it up mm-hmm. in order to realize they're a sinner. And it's not the case, really, when our eyes mm-hmm. open up to see God's holiness, to see his standard, to see how fallen short of his standard. His his word can reveal that to us without us yeah. going down really dark yes. paths of very blatant mm-hmm. sin because there is such clear sin in mm-hmm. our hearts. In our hearts. I'm so encouraged to hear that. Oh, me too. <laughs> me too. Just to put the word of God in front of the eyes of yes, our children, of my students, of that's right, the good girl from Mississippi College who comes over to Bible study on a Amen. Tuesday night who yeah. maybe doesn't realize this. Amen. It is so true. It is so true. And it happened. (laughs) I'm so thankful for it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The Lord just opened my eyes to see that Christ took my place in the punishment that I deserve. And so my whole life changed in an instant. (laughs) Um, Wow. And it's. Where where were you when this happened? I mean, do you remember where you were? Yeah. What happened like right after? Did you see anybody or tell anybody? So I remember it being. It, well, it's during that season. So I remember it was like the semester that I was off of school. But I guess just over time, as I was reading the script, as reading the scriptures, the Lord just mm-hmm. opened my eyes. But I don't remember like an exact moment. Were you telling people, y'all, look at this verse yes. or, oh my goodness, I got to tell you what has uh-huh. happened? That I remember, and I don't know who I was on the walk with, but I remember I was living in an apartment at this time, and there was a lake behind our apartment. I was walking around the lake with this friend, and I was sharing with her First John <laughs> that God had shown mm-hmm. me this, and I was telling her like, "It's me. <laughs> I, I am the liar. I am mm. the one who his truth is not in me." Mm -hmm. So I remember telling a friend that walking around the lake during that season. So that was sweet. I don't feel like a lot of things changed in my life on the outside because I was like nice friends with people and making moral choices, good choices, making good choices, you know, that type of stuff. But my heart was humbled. It was really humbled and just uh, like I was truly overjoyed for what Christ had done personally Mm -hmm. for me and it wasn't long Mm -hmm. after that so for the self-righteous person the righteousness of christ and you know what is required of you that it's perfection (laughs) and you Mm -hmm. realize that you're a sinner and you have fallen short it was a, a little while after that that i heard a sermon taught on the righteousness of christ and that he lived a perfect life 
And he mm-hmm. was tempted in every way that we were, but without sin. And that then he died for my sin and he was raised defeating sin and death and was raised to new life. So if you tr- trust in haste, then his life is given to you. His perfect life, his righteousness is given to the sinner, the one who deserves the punishment <laughs> and death. He took it on for us mm-hmm. in our place. And so we now wear, oh my, we wear the righteous robe of Christ. So when God looks at me, he sees the blood of Christ. He sees like he remembers my sins no more. And so that was so freeing for me because Mm -hmm. I had been working my whole life to be good and to do right and to try to meet some standard that I thought I was meeting, honestly. And the Lord showed me that I wasn't and I couldn't, but that Christ did. And I found so much joy in my Savior. And so, uh, yeah, there there was no other no other choice. Like you, you love Christ. Mm-hmm. He gave his life because he loved me and he showed me that. Yeah. So now I love, I love the Lord. I love the Lord Jesus mm-hmm. for what he's done for me. And I love God, my yes. father, who was so merciful to me, a sinner who was blind and could not see. And he so kindly opened my eyes to be able mm-hmm. to see just the weight of my sin and the punishment that deserved and to see my savior who took it for me. Mm, praise praise the, Lord. the Lord. Praise the Lord. That's <laughs> right. You didn't change much on externally mm-hmm. from what the world would have said, looking at your life, but it's clear your affections mm-hmm. change. Mm-hmm. When you look back at how your affections were changed to where instead of striving to please God by your own good works, you were realizing he's done it all for you. And you're righteous because of Christ. Mm. You love, you love Christ. Mm-hmm. Now, would you say there were things that followed maybe in how it altered your thoughts towards God's plan for your life mm-hmm. or what you desired to do mm-hmm. or the types of conversations you desired mm-hmm. to have? Did that seem to change oh, a lot during that time? A hundred percent. Yes. <laughs> yes. Um, it was like, I could not get enough of God's word and ended up going to, um, I left that church that was super formative in my life at that time. But the Lord brought me to the church that we now go to Grace Community Church. And there was a Bible study that was going on as the church was starting to form. So I joined in on that Bible study. And this is so funny, Carrie. I was taking notes during the prayers. The prayers were so, (laughs) they were so gospel saturated and so full of biblical truths. And I was like, give me more. Like I wanted, I wanted it all. So I was taking notes even during the prayers. I love it. I love it too. I love it too so much. I love it. So this is a funny story too, coming off of the righteousness, learning about Christ's righteousness and how that was imputed to me. I couldn't keep it in. So yes, my conversation started changing, but I was on my way to Birmingham to a bachelorette trip 
for one of my friends who was getting married and I had just listened to this sermon and I am bursting at the seams. On the way there, I'm stopping at gas stations, Carrie, and I am telling people about Christ's righteousness. You couldn't even keep driving. You had to pull over. Oh my, I was like, any chance I could get, I was like, oh, there's people I'm going. Like, I, I would pull over to these gas stations and I would tell the people that were working there is pretty much what I did was go oh, up man. to the counter, but I had tasted and seen that the Lord was so good and I could not keep it to myself. Mm-hmm. So how that, how, how that's different than my life before truly knowing Christ is I wanted people to know about me. Like I wanted to be the best. I wanted to be mm-hmm. the one being seen as good and the one, you know, I was just secretly so prideful and I wanted people to love me and to know me and how that changed was I wanted now people to not see me. I wanted people to know Christ and to love Christ. And so my boast mm-hmm. was not in myself anymore. It was in Christ. But Ephesians 2, 8 and 9 says, for by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not your own doing. It is the gift of God, not a result of works, so that no one may boast. Mm-hmm. And so, and then we are created in Christ Jesus for good works. And so that was just very true. I, I could no longer boast in my own works, nor did I have any right to to begin with, but now I knew it, and my boast was now mm-hmm. Christ. And I bet that also freed you from the worry and anxiety of what am I going to do now that Mm -hmm. I have failed out of nursing, you know, and the Lord led you to your next task of school. Mm -hmm. And didn't you end up going through to nursing at Heinz and you finished your nursing Mm -hmm. degree? So the Lord was really kind to allow for me to go back to nursing school and to complete nursing school as a new creation. Uh I saw, I saw school differently. I saw relationships at my new school differently. And then obviously um, this was sweet, but several friends in my um, previous nursing school class ended up getting saved around the same time that I did. So the Lord was doing a big work in our little friend group. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, so we're still close close today and sisters in Christ today. And so the Lord redeemed a lot. He redeemed a lot of relationships there and obviously allowed for me to go back to nursing school and to complete that. And yeah, so it's really kind. So sweet. Oh, God is so good. He is so good. I'm so thankful to get to hear of his goodness in your life, specifically in salvation. Mm -hmm. I'm also leaving this encouraged in evangelism to not work myself up to share Christ as a duty, mm-hmm. which we know we never want to do it just out of pure, I'm supposed to go share about Jesus, mm-hmm. but to fix my eyes on his goodness, on the gospel, to hear these testimonies so that it's a fire in my Amen. bones that if I don't say something, I'm going to yep. explode. I want to be pulling over <laughs> gas stations on my road trips because I'm just so excited. I can't hold it in. And that, that comes from looking at his goodness, his love, the gospel. We love him because Mm -hmm. he first loved us. So when our eyes are fixed on his love toward us, shown in Christ, it's going to come out. It's going to come out through our words, our actions. Mm -hmm. So this is so, so good to be reminded of what he's done in your life. Praise the Lord. It's good for me too, to be reminded again. (laughs) It was sweet.
Well, I can't wait to hear what your answer is going to be to this. Okay. <laughs> Tell me two or three things in your day-to-day oh, life that where you see God's goodness just in the day-to-day mm-hmm. things. Well, I thought about James one seventeen because it says every good gift and every perfect gift comes from the Father. It comes down from the Father of lights. Um, and I, I actually had to ask my husband. I was like, I feel like I could name a million Okay, let me just start. <laughs> Sonic drinks. Like, okay. <laughs> right? Okay. Well, I'm like, how am I going to fit Sonic drinks in there? I asked him. I was like, <laughs> I was like, I mean, how does a Sonic drink show me the goodness of God? You know? And I was like, well, honestly, taste buds. Like, thank you, Lord. Taste buds. Yes. Buds. No, I just really enjoy Sonic drinks. So I was like, I've got to get that in there somewhere. But you got to tell everybody your favorite. Oh, it changes. What's your go-to season? season. Right now, I'm on a cherry diet coke. Mm, I <laughs> like too. it. So good. Um, but okay, as I was thinking about this, really something that I love so much that makes me praise the Lord and see God's goodness in my life is in my kids growing up in my Mm -hmm. kids period but in them growing up and asking questions about the lord and them growing in their understanding of more of who he is our oldest son asked as we were on the way to church sunday he said so how does somebody know if they're saved and i was Mm -hmm. like what a thought-provoking question and just really sweet that that is even going through his mind and heart at that age Mm -hmm. and so that is just such a joy and then just like the simple things of like (laughs) our middle son the other day in the car said look there's a turtle and we were like oh where because we're in the car you know and we're like where is it and he was like look that cloud right there the cloud's a turtle and I was like oh "Oh, buddy it's so sweet it's just so good it's so good it's so good and so anyways it, it is really sweet to be able to see them grow. I love watching them grow. Yes. Such a joy. And then another thing is we were doing yard work the other day and mm-hmm. we have four blueberry bushes and I'm telling you something, they were, they've not produced very well over the past few years. So I was determined to get to the root of why they are not producing. And yes. I went out there thinking I was just going to pick a few weeds No, ma'am. There were weeds upon weeds that just had the just massive roots in the ground and they were growing all around, wrapping themselves all around our blueberry bushes and all of their branches and every nook and cranny. These weeds were wild and they were clearly choking out. They were taking all the nutrients from the blueberry bush. And so it could not grow properly. But what that made me do was I was ripping up the weeds of the curse and the curse came because sin entered into the world. And so the ground is now cursed and Mm -hmm. I'm praising Christ for bearing the curse. He became a curse for us so that we do mm-hmm. not, we, we still see the implications of it, obviously, um, in our broken world and in the weeds of the ground and all that. But Christ really has redeemed us from the curse by becoming one for us. And so it just shows me whether it's the 
blueberry bushes producing or not producing or the weeds of the ground or the turtle in the cloud in the sky like all things were created <laughs> for him and through him mm -hmm. and to him all things were created for Christ and so it's just a joy to be able to to experience Christ in those different ways you know just to be able yes. to see his hand and his work very sweet so those are mm -hmm. a few joys day to day um, things that have happened recently that have been such a joy. I'm thinking about you, your love, oh Lord, reaches to mm -hmm. the heavens, your faithfulness mm -hmm. stretches to the That's sky. That's right. Youth group. Go back to who said, <laughs> yeah, youth group days. Oh, it's one of my favorites. I still pull I that one out. It. I agree. Well, this, this has been a joy. Thanks. This has been so I much agree. fun. <laughs> I'm so thankful. Thank you so much for this time. Thank you for sharing it with me. I appreciate it. I will testify with all my